Listen, Dan, I know I've said that I'm a friend to all birds before, but I'm just going to say it. Red-winged blackbirds are trash. They're a garbage bird. There's too damn many of them. They're so fucking loud. I hate... Oh, hey! Hey, <laughs> listeners! What's up? Welcome to Breaking Mayberry, a spooky show about scary things, at least for the moment. We don't own a calendar and time is fake, so we're doing our spooky show in the middle of March. <laughs> Just catch us, we'll just use this on the next go-around. Like, next Halloween, just listen to this and pretend it's, like, it makes sense. I think we did our one and only Christmas episode in, like, August, so... It makes sense. Time is fake. Time doesn't, time isn't real, and also this show's been off the air for 57 years, so who cares? Like, you can watch it anytime you want, that's the miracle of the internet. Uh, but we are doing a spooky, spooky Halloween episode, we're doing a haunted house episode, and that is why we have... Our frightening experts in the house, the ghouls next door, Gabe and Kat, from the podcast of the same name. Gabe and Kat, thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Of course, spooky yeah. with us. I like that Kat is basically doing like the ultimate podcast challenge of trying to record while holding a squirming cat. Like, yeah, it's it's just yeah. She gave like in an endurance eventually. Challenge. She was just like, "This is fine. This is mom." Yeah. So, Gabe and Kat, for all of our Breaking Mayberry listeners who have not tuned into your show, uh, why are you here? What's your deal? <laughs> dare they don't tune into our show. <laughs> We're the ghouls next door. We are a media analysis podcast from a horror lens where we explore the psychological and historical reasons behind our cinematic fears. Uh, so we're talking about spooky stuff, uh, horror films, sometimes not necessarily horror content, but we find the horrific aspects of it. Like we just covered Dragon Ball Z, which is not yep. exactly a horror <laughs> show by any means, but has some really horrific things happening in there uh especially if you are as cat puts it a regular jegular folk uh yeah. <laughs> just trying to exist in the dragon ball world and you don't have protagonist armor uh so yep. we always just you know dissect what the the horror is and what it's actually saying because it's not just you know bumps and you know jump scares it's actual education <laughs> yeah so you know they take stuff that seems very innocuous and maybe even boring and they reveal how it's actually horrifying and bad for you i don't think our audience would be interested in that at all <laughs> that's cool <laughs> that's, that's not a thing that they would be into it's not like something they're yeah. doing all the time when mm. i met you ghouls next door was like it's a fun podcast we talk about spooky stuff we like spooky stuff and now it's like we get into the in-depth mechanics of what is fear and what causes it. Like we're doing like a graduate level thesis every episode. Yeah, we really we really do write essays. Like we genuinely <laughs> write college essays for every episode. Like, we cite sources. Like, like, <laughs> over, over the over the course of a hundred episodes, you turned like every episode is just like talking to the scarecrow from Batman. <laughs> yes. Or Hannibal. Just like I expect every episode to start with Gabe being like, so tell me, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But it's to the horror director, like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> are you so really that bad Barker. about capitalism? Or <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> that would be just like basically what I would come to the table every time. It's just like every horror movie would be like, so it's capitalism, right? 
Like, yeah, honestly, I mean, a lot of a the lot time of it is <laughs> Are there any pro-capitalism horror films? Like, Wall Street? <laughs> I don't know. That's no. a, it's I feel pretty like if it's pro, we wouldn't watch no. it. <laughs> There's got to be, like, one 50s uh, horror movie where it's like, the bad guy represents communism. Oh, for sure. That's... I, I feel like, like, it's just like, there's no such thing as a real anti-war movie because uh, all movies, even if they have slightly progressive stances, if they even have a tank in it, the Department of Defense has to sign off on it. Like, I feel like at least working within corporate structures, there's no way to make a purely anti-capitalist horror story. They find ways to do well, it. I guess because they so have to you use just capitalism to fund their things. Sorry to bother you? <laughs> yes, sorry yeah. to bother you is a phenomenal yeah, that's film one. for that. Sorry to, bo- sorry to Bother You is an anti-capitalist horror film. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. is also an anti-capitalist film. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We were ta- No, shit. We were talking about pro-capitalist. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that was exactly a lot the of anti-capitalism. Of <laughs> there's yeah, there's, a ton, there's tons abundant. of examples. Pro-capitalism, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I want to find yeah. like a an explicitly communist horror movie from like or like horror villain like just someone who's like I'm going to redistribute your blood all over town. Like, yeah, this is equality. No one will starve. <laughs> Maybe it's not a horror film, but like on the waterfront is a movie that is ostensibly about why snitching on your friends is awesome. <laughs> why like why like ratting out communists to the HUAC is actually like awesome and good, and you should do it. So oh, yeah, <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> so so we brought you on here for a very silly like episode. Uh, this has been in the making for four seasons. <laughs> as I just like scrolled through uh, the Andy Griffith Show episodes and just like on Wikipedia list and just saw the title of this, I was like, "We're getting Gabe and Cat for this one," <laughs> and like made that decision years ago without ever having watched the episode. And we've seen this episode now. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like we should have brought you on for something that had more meat on these bones. (laughs) We were using your vast in-depth expertise to have you do, like, an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, Scooby-Doo would have been much better. Because they're actually saying something. (laughs) What happened to this anti-capitalist? And we need to talk about it. We, we will come back like, for a Scooby-Doo episode. You know what? Scooby-Doo hangs out with Don Knotts all the time. We've been promising our listeners that we would do one of those forever. We'll bring you back for that. Uh, I've I pointed out on the show, but those episodes are so weird because they call him Don Knotts. They don't call him Barney Fife. They know that he is the actor Don Knotts, but he is still wearing his police uniform and he's doing the Barney Fife act. Yeah. And they still act as though he has any like lawful That's authority, so even though they they clearly say that he is Don Knotts, not Barney. F- <laughs> he it, like the the line between Don and Barney has blurred so much. Like he has like just become him. He doesn't know how to get out. Have we checked like you know blink twice for help? Like we gotta. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried. Frankly, it's yeah. It's it's like that. Um that movie with the uh the dummy where the dummy like slowly takes control of him like it's just that with don knots where don knots is just like i'm in charge now you're the vehicle (laughs) (laughs) i recently watched the uh the muppet show episode that jim neighbors hosts and they call him gomer pile on that show 
uh, Gomer Pyle had been off the air for several years, and he even says it in in the episode, just like, I've been Gomer Pyle for so long, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and it's a shame because, That's like... so sad. But, like, the, they, they highlight it in The Muppet Show that Jim Neighbors is an amazing, like, classically trained opera singer. Like... <laughs> Oh, like, wow. His goofy, golly voice. To the simpleton. For, <laughs> for the rest of time. For his entire what a life. Nightmare. <laughs> There's a That's the real like, horror film. I'm like, check right now. <laughs> Imagine. Just dooming this, like, nuanced, rich human being to play a dipshit for the rest of his life. Just, like, do the dance, Comer. Do the dance. I want to say he got paid well for it, but I don't know that that's true. (laughs) I I went to Juilliard! (laughs) Like, what? Please, I contain multitudes! I'm a a rich, nuanced human being! Nope. Okay, alright, sure. (laughs) Of course you do, bud. All right, so we're we're talking about season four, episode two, the haunted house. Right on the nose. Yeah, no. no, no <laughs> originally airs October seventh, nineteen sixty three. Written by Harvey Bullock uh, and directed by Earl Bellamy, and I think this is the first time we've seen his name. And I'm not going to look him up. Whatever. He he's no Bob Sweeney. Uh, and here is your one sentence summary from Wikipedia. It might be the shortest one we've ever had. Andy, Barney, and Gomer go into an old abandoned house. To retrieve a baseball. That's it! Because that requires the law. Yeah. That's, that's the entire thing. Oh yeah, we forgot. We forgot to point out, like, there's no reason to, to bring the law into any of this. Uh, but that's it, the entire thing. Andy, Barney, and Gomer go into an old abandoned house to retrieve a baseball. And, yeah. This is one of those episodes where, like, wrong. we could pretty much just sum up the entire thing by saying... Hi, Jinx and Sue. Let me, let you me know, know houses. What if one of them was haunted? <laughs> Summary of episode. Let me let me start off with this because we we took, ask our guests this. Gabe and Cat. Yeah. What experience do you have with the Andy Griffith show prior to this? None. <laughs> I, this is the first one I've seen. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good for you. I've watched a few, very few episodes uh, because my mom's partner is the demographic of which this show is designed for. And he loves it. Like, this is his <laughs> jam. Like, he watches all of the cowboy shows. He watches this one. And so when I go home to visit for, like, holidays, I'll see it sometimes. Um, and it just, like, it just sitting there, listening to him chuckle every now and again. <laughs> Being, I'm just, like, perpetually concerned for the characters <laughs> on the show and where the plot is going to take us. Like, there are times where I've honestly just been like, what... <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be, you know, politically correct or comfortable for anyone of my generation, but here we go. Uh, and so that's, like, definitely what I've, you know, only ever watched it from that lens of, like, this is his comfort show. Uh, and watching it this time was so weird, just not having him there, <laughs> just, like, for myself. <laughs> the, the the two answers you just gave are the two most common answers we ever get. Yeah. It's, it's either always, no, none at all, what is this, why did you make me do it? Or B, stepdads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this, this is the official television show of stepdads. <laughs> it's real. 
That's hilarious. That's yeah. real. It is the it is like the mana that sustains step, uh, stepdads. <laughs> it's like this and Jag are just like what gives <laughs> yeah, them yeah. power. I think I think my stepdad's like stepdad show that he watched all the time was, oh, uh, what was the name? What was the show with that guy? The 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 actor killed his wife. Beretta. Beretta. I've never heard of that show or known about a guy. I, what? What is what? Hollywood what the fuck crimes. Is... <laughs> it's it's becoming a new new show. Hollywood crimes. Quick. <laughs> what what other shows and actors do we know? One of these success suggested Google here is did Beretta kill his wife? Uh, well, Robert Blake, geez. actor Robert Blake who was acquitted of his wife's murder uh but like not at the time that Beretta was on. Beretta was just like a a cop show, just like a 70s cop show. Uh, My stepdad's favorite show is Chappelle show, so it's very different lens. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My stepdad's favorite show is The Sopranos, which is another peak stepdad show. Like, to the point of having uh, a cookbook, basically anytime I don't know what to get him for Christmas, fuck it, Sopranos t-shirt. Always just <sighs> slam dunk. That's for sure the best, the actual best show of all the ones we've just listed, though, right? Yeah. Like, you got the one that's an actual good television show <laughs> that I would sit and want to watch. Uh, so... Gabe, Gabe pretty much just has the experience of the Andy Griffith show is just like being almost like being an unwilling participant in it at this point, which is also true. We made you watch this like you didn't do this <laughs> of your own accord, nor would you ever. But this is also kind of a weird episode to come in on because it's it's very different than most of the episodes we've dealt with. It's a lot more Three Stoogesy. Oh yes. Then then yeah. a lot of what we've what we deal with. Uh and I think that's just because like it was in the nineteen sixties, like it's even in season four, you don't really need to define what the fuck your show is at this point. Yeah. Uh like and you can do weird little trips to be like, Yeah, this is this is the tone of this episode. Next episode is gonna be the most boring shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> um, and the next episode after that is going to be there's a crazed gunman on the loose. Like <laughs> you don't uh, know. You're spinning the wheel with the Andy Griffith show. So we brought you in on like one of the silliest, most slapsticky ones. Uh you can pretty much sum up this episode with hijinks and sue. Uh, so um a, a question I had for you too is um so this is sort of I think um pretty near the beginning of the intersection of comedy and horror. I think it was around the same time as like Abbott and Costello were getting we're, hassled we're, we're by about Wolfman. Tw- about 10, 20 years past Abbott and Costello. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But basically the question I had is like, have, have you two like sort of done any analysis on like the intersection of comedy and horror of like why those things get put together or why they're so effective together? If not, we'll cut this. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I guess uh, Jordan Peele, right? He was the one? Uh, yes. Who, yeah, who was saying that like it's kind of like the same build and release kind of energy where you build up to the joke or you build up to the like release of fear or like stress. So it's a lot about like building tension and then releasing that tension with either laughter or screams. It's also a okay, way so of like coping with with emotions too, because it's like we either are, like laughing at those things or we're re- like reliving or like sitting in those feelings to like process them. So it's like two two halves of of kind of trauma. Yeah, <laughs> both help with trauma. Yes. 
So let's let's go ahead and start off the episode, right? It, start, it starts off with Opie and another boy that we've seen before. Uh, the actor, the child actor's name is Ronnie Dappo. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Dude's got a Colton Burpo ass name. Uh, but they're just sitting there. Uh, they're yelling about baseball players and. They're saying all kinds of baseball terms or yeah. some, or just like, it was a lot of slang that I was, there was like solid 10 minutes where I was like, it's like they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> they're like, you want to get the flip blur in the wig zag. And I was like, what are you saying, little boy? What, that, those are not words. <laughs> it's sound is, effects. It is baseball terminology that I didn't understand. Filtered through like 1960s baseball terminology that I didn't understand, which was just completely white noise incoherent to me. Yes. You do a singer on the jam. And I was like, okay. He's going to flippity on the hot cat. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right, be careful. I don't know. Like, do you have a is that, for that? Is so that, they, that sounds good, I guess, or bad? Do you not want to just streak the hot juice? I don't know. Hot juice. Yeah. <laughs> So they, they, they hit a ball, they, they're playing baseball, they hit the ball into uh, the old haunted house, the Rimshaw house, which is, as far as I can tell, a closed down Sears that has become a spirit Halloween <laughs> uh, in McMansion form. Yeah. So classic, classic children's horror scenario, right? There's a ball, it's in the spooky house, you have to go get it, right? This may be the originator of the trope. We've all seen this happen. In a million, there's always some reason you gotta go get the ball. Maybe there's a giant, like scary Saint Bernard on the other side of the fence. Maybe there's like a there's an old lady in there that lives like that is a witch or whatever. It's the entire um, setup for Monster House, like the kids movie. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's a girl house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is something we've seen a million is that, times. Wait, is that the big reveal of Monster House that the house is a girl? No, it's that. <laughs> They're talking, the thing, there's something dangling, and they're like, that's the uvula. And the boy goes, oh, it's a girl house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a chandelier, right? They yeah. think the chandelier is the uvula of the monster house? Yeah. And monster <laughs> house is not a great movie, but the design of that house is pretty fucking cool. What a fun like, film. It's a good one. I, I thought it was like, oh, monster house. You don't have to be afraid of monster house. It's a girl. That's, it's all. <laughs> no, actually, 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 Dan, they find out that the house was pregnant. And was about to give uh, birth to a, a litter of condos, and that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's why. That's why uh, the house was so protective. It was just protecting its little like gentrifying babies. That sounds one hundred percent feasible to me. <laughs> like I could, I could actually see that happening in a children's movie. Made by Thanks, Dreamers. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Is that a Zemeckis job? That seems like something he'd do. I wonder why they always use this setup, and I, I just. I wonder if it's like an art imitating life or life imitating art. Did did you guys have the haunted creepy house in your neighborhoods as kids? Did anyone have this actual Dan, you grew up in Massachusetts. You had to have had that, oh, right? Oh yeah. Every fifth building in Massachusetts is haunted. Um like I think did we have a did we have a haunted house nearby? None of our houses were like abandoned. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a um there was like an old mill that like um uh, as a kid, we weren't supposed to go in. It was, like, fenced off and, like, kind of surrounded by brush. And as kids, uh, it was like, don't go in there. That place is probably haunted. There were no specific stories. But then later, you would go in there to get high. 
So, like, <laughs> we were like, there's weird noises in there. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's just 16-year-olds. Well, like, hold, hold that thought, because that's going to relate to something later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, uh, art does imitate life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, they they do the, like, kid thing of, I'm not scared to go in there. Are you scared to go in there? No, let's both go in there. And then they hear some spooky noises, and they run off. They run off yelling. Uh that's it. Yeah, yep. they, they, they basically hear a, a morning dove. <laughs> I was like, "That's enough. I'm scared. We're not going to do it, this." It was it, like a long version of the the Pillsbury Doughboy. Ooh, it was like, ooh, <laughs> definitely which is, dangerous. Which is bullshit because we have seen Opie like go in like guns blazing, just taking kids down with his little tiny fists. Very out of character for Opie, who is normally, like, the tank. He's normally the dude that ruins your D&D session by just, like, bursting in. But then they run, then they go, they go run, as Opie is wont to do, to his daddy. Back at the jail, they're letting Otis go. And Otis is, Gabe and Cat. Otis is the town drunk. Half the jokes uh, uh, in this show are just like, hey, Otis is drunk. Uh, and you had some questions about why prohibition exists in this in this uh, world, right? Or even just like why prohibition <laughs> ever existed. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Half yeah. people can't vote. They should at least be able to drink. Well, the, the crazy <laughs> thing about it is no one actually like gives a shit about it. They're like, "Oh, you're drinking moonshine. That's cool. We'll probably arrest you at that at, for that at some point." Like, we're not mad. Oh, they but care, but they don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. I, it was basically just an excuse to arrest people. They were like, "It's fine that you're doing that. We don't have any moral problem with it whatsoever." But it does mean we get to arrest you. So, do get in that jail cell. This I. I I think what it is, and cause Dan and I have had a lot of debates about it, like, why did they make Mayberry a dry county, even though there were, like, less than 20 dry counties in the world by 1964, or in the country, I mean. That's helpful. Uh, I had no idea when this was. I was just like, pro- I was like, prohibition, they can't drink. No, it's not just because no, tec- it's a dry county. It's no, te- te- technically, <laughs> is, technically it is 1964. Technically that takes place in the cur- in the present day for when it for when it aired. Uh, but everyone acts like it's 1929. Uh, and I think part of the reason why they had to make Mayberry a dry county is because, and this is my final theory, is uh, like they because it's a show about two cops, but like silly cops, they needed crime. But the crime it can't, wasn't like, crime. <laughs> yeah, the crime can't hurt anyone. Yeah. And the crime can't, like, be a big deal under any circumstances. So we just have to we we have to make it moonshining because that's something that a like our audience will recognize and and know about uh, and b like yeah it it doesn't it's it's serious but it's not that serious and you'll notice Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of does the same thing because like ninety percent of the Brooklyn Nine Nine cases are always drugs it's always drug smuggling sometimes there are there are like gun runners but like. They kind of do the same thing of just always trying to bust the, the drug dealer. It's always, whenever there's like a, a drug on like either Brooklyn Nine-Nine or like a CW show, it's always like Umbrella. It's like ecstasy, but more. And yeah, like it's, it's just a hot new drug. <laughs> it's on, uh, on um, oh my god, on Riverdale. 
It's jingle it's jangle. Jingle jangle. Are you yes. shitting me? Yes, jingle jangle. <laughs> I was like, when I heard that, I was like, that is perfect. That is the most perfect drug to exist in this world. What does jingle jangle do, Gabe? Please tell me. <laughs> it's. I think it's just like a substitute for Molly. It's Molly. Yeah. yeah it's just. Mo- it's just their version of Molly because everything's more absurd. Fun than Molly. That's why they have characters like Jughead or whatever his <laughs> sister's name is. Bean something. Jelly bean. Jelly bean. Yes. Like, like literally a woman walking around as her name. And they can have jingle jangle as your thing. It's an absurd show. Everything someone tells me about Riverdale sounds like an absolute fucking lie. Like every time. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Every time someone tells me about Riverdale, I'm like, fuck you. Get out of here with that bullshit. This is television. Like people produce this. Grant and Elena from Sex Archie are listening to this episode just screaming right now. Hi, guys. But yeah, it's always like, oh, it's called Vertigo. It makes you super dizzy, and we need to get it off the streets. Yeah. Does it have any adverse side effects? Not really. It's basically like the equivalent of doing whippets, but it's gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So back at the jail, they're letting they're letting Otis out, but Barney is on an authority boner, as he always is. Uh, and he wants to, like, be a big man and be like, wait a second. I want to make you do stupid things before we let you out. Classic uh, authority figure. Dance, yeah. puppet, White dance. Male police officer <laughs> in America doing that? That's so peculiar. That's such a weird, like, phenomenon. I wonder if we should really... But, like, Bart... <laughs> <laughs> Barney Fife is like the deep spirit spirit animal of American fascism. Like you expect it to be like a Nazi, but no, it's just this like limp-wristed no. little, yeah, just this little dipshit who's just like exercising authority in stupid fucking ways. And in this way, right, he's he's convinced himself that Otis might still be drunk uh, and therefore not fit to go out on the street. Uh, which is not how that works, but fine. Uh, and he he doesn't have any equipment. He doesn't have any way to do a sobriety test. So he thinks, for some reason, that uh, he can make Otis jump rope. Uh, and that will prove his sobriety. And as Otis points out, like, I am 57 years old. <laughs> I have a heart condition. Like, My knees don't work. Well, first, first he has that absurd line where he says, you're not going to string me up for a little moonshine. Like, yeah, because... I was like, whoa! Because, <laughs> Otis, Otis, or because Barney pulls out... like It's not a jump rope. It's a rope. Oh. It's a fucking rope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a like a surprising like like amount of darkness just come up and like oh no it's finally happening yeah like, oh, oh my god this is the last time there I was ready to unlock myself turn well, over a new leaf well I guess we got this street this thirty five strikes law in place <laughs> yep four seasons law that's it they said we got to get a new crime in here. Yeah. I, I like that he thought he was about to get hanged, like in like mob justice. He was like, "Oh come on, man! <laughs> yeah, really, guys? Really? You're oh. gonna murder me? <laughs> yeah, brutally murdering me seems like a little bit of an overreaction." <laughs> come on, guys! Come on! I thought we were cool. Just chill. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they do a bit where. Barney jumps rope. I don't know. There's hijinks. I'm, I, the rhymes. 
I'm yeah. I'm not gonna get into this. Whatever. Opie runs in, and he and the other boy just yell like cute things. Pa, pa. We got a good old fashioned Opie screaming moment. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had one of those in a while. The plot of the episode be like, Pa, here's a premise for you. Go and get hijinks out of it. You have at least a solid thirteen minutes on this. <laughs> uh, and Andy and Barney both go, ha, Yeah, you're stupid, kids. Bye. Uh, they yeah. both make fun of the kids, the and they're like, "Okay, fear is fear itself." Yeah, <laughs> they put on their man pants <laughs> after having jump rope and singing. They put on their man pants. Actually, a lot of this episode is uh, is making Barney more childish than normal. <laughs> Which it's been done to death that the only thing to fear is fear itself is a stupid fucking phrase. But man, that's a stupid fucking phrase. <laughs> like. Wasn't this, like, after a whole bunch of people died? Like, this was, like, right after a war. It's like eat shit, <laughs> President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, apparently. Yeah. According to Dan Ludwig. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, FDR. Yeah. I mean, shut up, man. Bunch of people just got chemical warfare done at them. <laughs> I guess there's lots to fear. These wrong. Yeah. Have the... Half the country had PTSD. They were, like, afraid of fireworks. Fuck off. I mean, FDR's sitting there basically like, eh, polio ain't so bad. <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> you're fine, as long as you're, like, super fucking rich like I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what, America all the way up until now? <laughs> you're a super fucking rich white man. What are you complaining about? Yeah. Just become that. What is the problem here? I- <laughs> Just him basically gesturing at his legs and be like, oh, really? You guys have a lot of problems, huh? Oh, I'm really sad for you. Yes. This whole, like, uh, like, <laughs> oh, actually the whole episode, but definitely this whole scenario where they're jumping rope and then he's, like, running in and they're saying their lines and they have that kind of back and forth where, you know, he's trying to convince Barney to go investigate. It all felt very much like improv. Like, it felt yeah. like someone threw in suggestions. They were like, drunk, jump rope. <laughs> sure. And they were like, all right, yeah, let's go. All right, yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> someone just, like, tossed Don not to rope and was just like, do a thing with this. Don't make it horrifying. You got you, it. You know, that's, that's a good point, because, like, Part of the, like, the second time I watched this, I was paying close attention to Otis in the background during this scene. And he, there's one point where Hal Smith, who is a funny, like, actor, clearly doesn't know what he's supposed to do in the scene. So he just kind of slowly slides off of camera and then just goes back and sits in the jail cell that they were just letting him out of. Those jail cells had fancy furniture. Look nice. (laughs) <laughs> Looks like you're making it really accommodating for everybody. It is 100% better than my apartment. <laughs> Student Earl Bellamy's not giving me any direction. We've never had this problem under Bob Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> Who just says go. Um, so basically, uh, they send the boys off and Andy tells Barney to go to the haunted house out to shame him. Basically, it's a form of, like, psychological torture. Because yeah. Barney's like, man, it's silly to be afraid of a haunted house. Yeah? Why don't you go fucking do it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> like, I'm gonna wound your pride or make you address a deep-seated fear from your childhood. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what, Mari, whenever he's like, oh, you're afraid of olives? 
well, I've brought out a jar of olives for you to confront. <laughs> Are you afraid of puppies? Well, I'm going to put you into this room full of puppies. And this is how you'll get over your fear of puppies. That's how you do it. But no intention of actually curing the fear. Just like... Just, just trauma. Yeah, just dance for me, my little puppet. Yeah. And he's basically... Like, Andy basically becomes the puppet from from Saw. Like <laughs> more or less less murder, but yeah. Most people are grateful to be a, ungrateful to be alive, but not you. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> this this is as close as you could get to saw in the nineteen sixties. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> so uh, this whole thing does have like a very sinister kind of Twilight Zone esque vibe at the beginning of the setup. Uh even said then, Twilight Zone. Yeah, and then they uh, then they drag Gomer into it, <laughs> they, as they tend to do in this season. Gomer comes in, and I, I, I have to say, I, I like this episode because in this episode, Gomer is just a dumb guy. He's yeah. just a guy who is dumb. He is not, as he has been in previous episodes, mentally undeveloped. Yeah. Like, uh, they finally figured out where that line is. It's okay to just enlist your dumb friend to go into the haunted house. It is not okay to do that to uh, somebody who is, like, developmentally disabled. And they are teetering that line all the time, but not this one. Actually, I, I gotta say, I like I like what kind of happens here. Not this next scene. This next scene is just, it's just Barney and Gomer arguing uh, for a little bit. They pretty much have the exact same experience as the boys do. I'm just going to push on through this. Uh, and I'm going to get to the point where they run back to the jail. They grab Andy and enlist him. And then finally, the episode that starts about 12 minutes in. Just like they said on, the, said on Wikipedia, Andy and Barney and Gomer go inside a haunted house to retrieve a baseball. I do like... I Well, no, I hate the pattern that is emerging where every time they're like... There's a thing we don't want to do. Let's go get the, uh, depending on the episode, dumb to mentally disabled gas station attendant to do it for us. Let's just, like, conscript a citizen to go investigate a building with us. Um, definitely, like, a somewhat alarming pattern to be emerging on this show. Um, and uh, it, it's just because, like, they don't have Floyd anymore. They don't have their weird guy. They did have a they did have a weird guy uh whose deal we could never figure out. They don't have the they don't have the weird guy anymore, so they gotta go the dumb guy. Yeah. Alright. So uh Andy, Barney, Gomer finally get in the haunted house. And this reminded me, and I went back and watched it, speaking of comedy and horror. Um nineteen thirty nine Mickey Mouse cartoon, Lonesome Ghosts. Uh it's on Disney Plus. You can watch it. It's pretty funny. Uh, and it's ba- in this concept, uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy play ghost hunters. And they're called up by the ghosts who want to fuck with them. And so they go to a haunted house and they mess with these ghosts. And I went and watched it. And I, I liked this, right? Andy, Barney, Gomer pretty much play the Mickey, Donald, Goofy roles pretty perfectly. That trifecta works. It's always been funny. It's always worked pretty good to have a straight man, an angry man, and a dumb guy. Classic comedy. Put them in a, in a scenario. And then we just get hijinks, essentially. Ooh. I wish 
I wish that they had had leaned into it a little more. Gabe, Cat, how does how do these hijinks fare as like horror? Like, <laughs> not they weren't. <laughs> How, how do they, how do they fare in like classic tropes for horror? Like, what is this? What's this thing we made you watch? <laughs> I I mean I enjoyed the the comedy. I thought it was fun to to watch something stupid for a minute, uh, especially with them like walking in unison and then like picking this up. I was like, this is so just. No, like just regular. <laughs> nothing, nothing important is happening. They're just doing a little goof here and there for no reason, and I'm just like, okay, nice. It, it huh. predates Scooby Doo, so Scooby Doo definitely like took this and was like, all right, all right, let's do that. But what if one of them was a dog? Like, yeah. it also it's, predates uh, the Ghost and Mr. Chicken, Ghost and Mrs. Chicken, which is a Don Knotts movie with where they pretty much had the same concept, like. Let's just throw Don Knotts in, and he'll be silly and scared. Let's yeah. just do do Ernest scared stupid with with Barney Five. But there, I mean, there are like the cute. Like I like when he gets he, he is in the closet. What did you say? He stepped into the closet. There was like yeah. a, a phrase, and I was like, "Is this a phrase? Like, is this a turn of phrase that I don't know because I'm not old?" <laughs> yeah, Gomer steps into a closet, uh, but he disappears into a hidden passage. Mm-hmm. Is what happens. Yeah. It's uh, like a wall more than a closet. Yeah. But it is definitely. But that's I what guess, they that's like, why I was like that's a phrase. They said it. Yeah. I I feel like I, I, I think there's like a weird point. Gomer like accidentally presses up on a secret passage, vanishes, and Barney's like, hey, he just vanished, and Andy just goes, I don't think he did. Or gaslighting. That is a horror trope. There's lots of gaslighting in horror, so if that's like the whole thing, then one hundred percent. Is it is it gaslighting or is it just Andy going, eh, he's probably (laughs) random? Is it there's a difference between gaslighting and disbelieving? Yeah, he was just reasoning for sure. He's just skeptical. There's the person, it's sort of, it, it, I, I will, like, back up the thing of gaslighting, because it is the person that disbelieves the premise of the horror movie until it's fucking stupid to be, to, like, be skeptical. Like, just goes way too far where it's at the point where, like, it passes all logical, like, ability to observe the situation. Yeah. You could also, like, justify calling it gaslighting because Andy exists just to fuck with Barney's psyche all the time. <laughs> He's like, my friend has a very fragile ego and uh, can snap at any minute. I'm going to poke that bear as much as I can. But in this particular case, I think he was really just like, yeah, there's nothing spooky around here. Whatever. He was just a skeptic. Um, He's like, this house is fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Except for the fact that he's he's home alone, Dick. (laughs) <laughs> he's the house. Somehow he has like either between the time that Barney was driving there or even before the kids started throwing the baseball to begin with, he was foiling. He was like hatching this plan. I <laughs> plan for it. Because yeah, because he does like his own counter haunting at the end and either he very quickly rigged up the ability to make an axe float on string or he has been planning this for weeks and i don't know which sounds more implausible let let me go ahead and skip i'm just gonna skip to the end to make this make sense for our listeners so basically listeners if you haven't already figured it out this this spooky house which has eyeballs that like in paintings that follow you and create and you know classic cream like it's 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 a front. It is a yeah. front for a moon shining still. Brilliant. 
And we're yeah. never act and so after Andy, Barney, and Gomer run out after finally being scared, Otis and his moonshining buddy appear like, Woohoo, we really scared him off. It's a good idea to do blah blah blah, whatever. Uh and then we're never actually shown Andy solving this. We don't know how Andy knows that this is the case. Like so Andy turns around and does do a counter haunting at some point, like sneaks in the back door or something. Uh, and it's just like, how off. do you know that's there? I just think that was like yeah. the most bizarre. Like, he was like, I think that's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, <laughs> I knew the whole time. If anything, I was yeah. in on it. Do, does he know from the moment that they walk in? Uh, cause at the moment when they walk in, they're suspecting squatters. They specifically yeah. say like, maybe there's a tramp that's, that's sitting here. Yeah. Because it is Andy's idea. They walk in, they find the baseball immediately, and the other two are like, okay, we got the baseball, let's go. And it is Andy's idea to keep looking around. So does Andy know? He, like, it, we're never... a plan to to get into the psyche of Barney. It has to be. Because like, there's just like, why else? Why else is he pushing so hard for him to go into this house and then like pushing him to go by himself and then be there so he can witness it? Like, he is Jigsaw. Yeah, <laughs> he's conspiracy like Jigsaw. theory. Yeah, yeah. Conspiracy theory. So, Drop it. he paid his son to throw this baseball <laughs> through this window because he knew the moonshine still was in there, but he needed a reason to go inside. Oh, he needed a warrant. So, he needed a probable oh. cause. Yes. So oh my said, God, it's literal broken windows policing. Go through and throw a window through this, or throw a baseball through this window. We'll act like we didn't know, make it a whole scene, make it really out of character and convincing because he's usually, as you said, very like gung-ho, guns blazing, like ready to fight people act scared we'll come in and we're gonna fix the situation and that's why he's like chill the whole time even though those eyes and, and that painting meantime, is super the... unnatural and there's a couple steps in those plans of just like i'm gonna fuck with my idiot for a little bit in there like yeah, i'm just gonna jerk. torture my <laughs> two fool. for one two for one <laughs> like poor gomer got in there yeah t- oh just steps God. like three and seven are just mess with moron like and then just like back to the conspiracy. Cat, that makes so much sense. That and also, action. it's it's been a while you since we've had a why, good. You know, that's why we came on. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since, since we've had a good Andy Griffith con man uh, <laughs> theory on the show. So thanks for bringing that back. You're welcome. Yeah, um, that makes perfect sense because otherwise, how the fuck did he know? <laughs> Can can we briefly discuss old man Rimshaw and his whole fucking deal? Cause sure, they're they're from, in they're in yes. the Rimjob house. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The old man Rimjob um, is uh, <laughs> old man. <laughs> so he lived in this house. He died. His dying wish is that no one ever goes in or does anything to the house. And also, he apparently. Uh, murdered his housekeeper by chaining him up and killing him with an axe. Like, Is that what and, it was? Because they said hard man, and I I tried to. Li- I don't know what that means. Hired, like, yeah. hired man. Hired man. Okay, I His was like hired what? man. And then I was like, I'm really man. worried. 
<laughs> who this could be because that is like you know an old timey white person in that painting because <laughs> yeah. there's a specific type of person that he might have had under his you know employment yeah I they, that murder has so many like sinister implications especially looking at old man Rimshaw who has like a fucking handlebar mustache on the painting I'm like and they I brush don't... it off like <laughs> Like, that's not even the story. It's definitely this axe that's floating and bums that like alcohol. As as far as urban legends go, though, as far as like spooky stories that you tell your like neighbors and things, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Like as far as like tales of neighborhood murder, that's a pretty good one, I'm going to say. Like, Like, yeah, it's usually it's like. Oh, that's old man Rimshaw. He did magic here. He was like a cultist. And instead it was like, oh, that's old man Rimshaw. He's an axe murderer. He dismembered a guy in this building. Yeah, it's surprisingly legit. (laughs) But I do love that, like, on his dying wish, he was just like, I want to lower property values on this entire block. With, with my dying breath, I curse the homeowners association. Find, try to find a dead man. <laughs> like, Same. Also, like, why isn't the town taking it back? I feel like that's yeah, like something that yeah. happened. Like, who's paying for the property taxes that they're just leaving yeah. this house? I feel like legally that can only go so far, right? Yeah. yeah. We we need to honor the wishes of this like murderer. Like we don't wanna Yeah, I, that's bizarre. Why would they even let his wishes be like real? He like murdered people. Yeah. Be like, well, you chained a guy up and killed him with an axe, so probably no on really Literally anything. anything you've said. Yeah. yeah. Literally anything. Could, could could you just put anything in your will at that point? <laughs> like like if if I wrote that like my dying wish was for the courthouse to be burned to the ash, <laughs> would Andy have to be like, "Well, I guess, guess we so. gotta do it." Yeah. We when I die, I want my house to be turned into a museum about how much my neighbor sucks ass. I just want it. <laughs> I convert my house into the fuck Steve museum, and you have to do it because I'm dying right now. Steve's like. <laughs> Damn, you got me. <laughs> There's nothing in the charter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation that says we can't do this, so... <laughs> really weird that the Make-A-Wish Foundation was granting the wish of this grown man, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, there's also nothing in the Make-A-Wish Foundation bylaws that we can't do it for old murders. So I guess... <laughs> so we gotta do it. God, yeah. God Whatever damn he wants, it. do it. Oh... Uh, yeah, fucking old man Rimshaw. And also with the paintings that had the eyes moved, I would have just like, I'm, I, it's a really dumb plan because what's stopping like, for example, Opie from just picking up a pebble and hucking it at your eyes? Why Why didn't you do the the Three Stooges thing and just go, doink? Yeah. 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 It was also uh, just bizarre. Like, is there ever a point where there's just no eyes in there? Like, how long are they standing there? Like, I feel like there would be a moment where you look up and the eyes wouldn't be there and be like, oh, okay, so it's holes. It's not actually the painting. Well, in Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. it's like they have the the eyes, the painting. It's just like a removable thing. But it's like, how quick do you gotta be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you gotta put it back really quick. But yeah, it's like, 
usually there's a little thing there. But it's like, clearly those were like three-dimensional eyes. Like, they were retreating from the painting, and it was like, who was designing this really (laughs) intricate? No one's this good at art, then. (laughs) Or not blinking. (laughs) It was was so weird, because, like, not only were, not only were the eyes out, but, like, the eyes were basically, like, like, a quarter of an inch outwards. Like, he was, like, whoever was behind it was pressing their sockets outwards. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, I'm, I'm glad we're not recording on video, because I'm doing it right now to myself, and it hurts a lot. I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the eyes were, like, sticking out of the painting and not blinking. So yeah. just, like, the person doing that special effects must have been in fucking agony. <laughs> There's so much dust. No one has dusted that... <laughs> Also, the time between, I don't know their names, the guy who was doing the moonshine time and then the main cop guy, Andy Griffith, I guess, isn't that who he is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, so the time it. between, mm-hmm. the, like, they don't let people wear the same goggles. Like, you have to, like, wash those. And he's put his eye all up in there in the same place, like, that seconds ago <laughs> this other dude was doing it. And they look exactly the same. Do they just have the yeah, same eye color? Oh, Andy gets guy. pink eye in this episode. <laughs> Just like Dan's dog. Sacrifice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking pink eye dog. <laughs> Wait, hang on, Dan. What? My dog has my dog has pink eye. <laughs> like my my dog is new to being in a city and doesn't yet know that you can't drink water out of puddles without severe repercussions. So he got pink eye. <laughs> I know he's. He's taking it like a champ. Honestly, he doesn't know he has pink eyes. So whenever we've been like giving him medicine or anything, he's like, "What the fuck is your problem? Like, <laughs> why you gotta touch back up? All right, have personal space. <laughs> Those are my eyes, you fucking weirdos. I'm just here trying to chill on the couch. Leave me alone. Like, yeah. Um, it should it should surprise nobody that after this episode, uh, the director Earl Bellamy went on to do a run of episodes of the Munsters. Oh, all right. Yeah, seems like it's right up this dude's alley. Good for him. Another premium stepdad show. Gabe, cat. What are uh? What are good haunted houses? Like, what makes a good haunted house? Say, like a family haunted house. Like, what? Oh, we're restricting it to like family friendliness. Like, it can't be like well, blood screams or anything like that. Well, I'm 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 asking because like this is kind of the challenge when you want to do like a spooky episode of what is a family show, right? How could they have pulled that off any better than this? And for the record, I like this episode. Like, I think it's fine. Yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, fine. I enjoyed the reveal of the because I was like, "That's brilliant." They should just do this all the time. They were like planting mm-hmm. like rumors, and I was like, "Yeah, I get it." Moonshine's like, yeah. great. <laughs> so, like, why not? Uh, and especially during that time, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And then like the twist with Andy like knowing the whole time. And, like, with the stupid axe floating that was, like, you could see the string. <laughs> it was so good every time I saw it. Like, and I was, like, sad. So, or, like, the, I think the ending really got me where the, what is the, the role? It was, like, uh, alcohol. I oh, it was, like, was it, like, a it was, D, was it a DA guy? Or a, um, uh, it was, it was I like wrote... A... To cat what the name, what his name was, because I was like, what happens to their jobs when like alcohol is legal and normal? Um, <laughs> oh man, 
Let me see. I, we yeah, talk about like, too much. like a guy shows up from the state. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a guy shows up from the state, which now that you point it out makes no sense because alcohol is legal in the state. It's just not legal in Mayberry County. What? Why? What? That's yeah, why they're, they're, I thought it was earlier in time. I was just like, this must be yeah. a thing everywhere. But yeah, there there is there is like a vice cop basically a, a drug. Well, okay, okay, I'll take that back. Like, because alcohol is legal in the state, but making your own alcohol out of a still and running it up and down the state that's still illegal. Like, yeah, it's you're like still not allowed to do that. Yeah, like, but I did enjoy that he was like, oh, then it must have been some really manly men who were able to find this still. Like, we, I want to go and give them you know, my gratitude is the alcohol cop. And then he goes in and they're playing jump rope. And I was like, what a great little rip at toxic masculinity. I enjoyed that so much. He's like, do, 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 do. and I was like, bravo. Thank you. You got me back at the end of this film. <laughs> he goes on such a thing of like, oh man, you got some rough and tough, like manly men, burly. I bet they're so strong and tough. Like he talks for like five minutes, be like some real tough customers up in here. Yeah. <laughs> big men they got big balls and they're gonna punch stuff for no reason i bet <laughs> they're just riling but you guys punch holes in drywall all the time never talk about your feelings <laughs> and they go in there and jump roping and i was like this is part what a great this is great it's good. the it's correct good the correct response to a kind of pirate is just like all right we're gonna go inside but first are you okay? Are you doing all right? Because that was unhinged. What is this? What is uh, the grinder of this time period? Because I feel like you're t- you're asking for something. Very so I mean, is there someone we can like you know provide for you? You got some needs that are going unanswered. You got this some is a very you know this is a very difficult time for people. <laughs> so I get it, man. I get it. You got some cops with some big burly forearms, sweat running oh, down the man. back of their neck. <laughs> Can hold me as I cry. <laughs> I mean, I guess I know. We got some dudes inside. <laughs> a really awesome. burly chest that you'd feel safe nestled up in. Oh, bet that's the kind of cop he got in there. <laughs> so I've Take his him. axe. <laughs> he, can, he can fell this tree. You know what I'm saying? He's like, well, dude, dude. I mean, Why? flannel? Are they wearing just, flannel in there? It was two guys in a house with a still. I don't know. Like, this was not like a mission. <laughs> this was a okay. sting operation. Yeah. So, two, two, like, they took down two 50-year-old alcoholics. Like, it's not like they were, they like, did, like, not mortal... in shape by any means. <laughs> yeah. Would be so the question I them. asked... <laughs> what what makes the for a good what makes for a good haunted house? Well, that we didn't answer agent. <laughs> what makes yeah. what makes for a good haunted house? Sweaty humps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's yeah. for, for good anything. Good anything. Good any I bet those cops are real men rubbing rubbing oil on each other. <laughs> What makes oh, for really a good scary. haunted house? Sweaty himbos. Yeah, yes. Done. Any house. Any house. Haunt my house. Yes. You know what? Yes. Oh, not, not these sweaty himbos, but maybe the ones in his mind. Uh, he fabricated. Because as Kat mentioned many times good when we were joke. talking about this episode, she was yeah. like, everyone is hideous. like like, no one is attractive and then we were listening to your episode about how they were like dogging on the women it's like how dare these incredibly (laughs) any of them 
How dare you say Hang on, hang on. married because of the patriarchy. They'd have nothing without it. Hang on, hang on. So let's go ahead and settle this because we've had the discussion on there. Gabe, cat. Yes. Actual, like actual women who 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 date men. Uh, is Andy Griffith attractive no. at all? No. 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 I get. I get it. I do get it. I get because it's the authority figure. He does have a nice voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, like he's just normal. He's so he's, normal he's normal looking. And it was yeah. like it's so bizarre for like it's like that versus the other shows that I watch with stepdad, right? It's like Cheyenne, right? Who's just this, you know, cowboy who is very attractive, (laughs) going around (laughs) doing his cowboy things, right? And I'm like, and then you turn on this, and I'm like, what is, what? what? That's all we got in this town? (laughs) You didn't give it any jobs to the rest of us, but you give it to, you know, average white dude? What are we doing? It's, the, the ratio we get on answers is, uh, no, 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 emphatic yes. Back to no's. Like it's one in five is like, yeah, of course Andy Griffith could get it. One hundred percent. What? 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 One so in five. One in five really takes that daddy complex to an interesting level. Oh, no. One in five is just like, yeah, Andy Griffith could get it. You know who else? Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's real, that's real, I get it, I get it. I guess that I one in that. five is really into dimples. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the only reason I could ever understand it is because of being a pansexual, where you're like, you were attracted <laughs> yeah. to the p- person inside, it doesn't matter what they look like. And I get, like, his, again, the authority figure, he is a nice guy, like, as yeah. much as that time would allow. He's a dad. He's doing dad things. Yeah, I could see it. Like, he picks up his kid after school. Maybe if I watch world, more like, episodes, I'd be like, you know, this guy. But we, 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 we've on, also like, gotten the answer that he is hot in the movie A Face in the Crowd. But he was also, like, 20 years younger in that movie. And yeah. also playing, like, a complete, like, scumbag, roguish kind of character. I don't know but, if like I would have fallen in love, then. Yeah. <laughs> Probably uh, like, that's fine. We'll search. Yeah. The the other thing that is out there and is a cursed piece of knowledge is there are human beings walking around uh, among us who find Don Knotts extremely hot. And <laughs> I, I, they I, have I, I, jobs. Some, <laughs> they should be arrested. Don Knotts in the 1960s was pretty much what Pete Davidson is today, right? Like, I got you. I got like you. This, this, like objectively unattractive man that for some reason some people have just crazy crushes on now who, I, okay that is Ariana's just Ariana's ex is that who that was mm-hmm. yeah who's that ugly say, but, no but that is he's the, cute like like the, you know white dude comedian like trend like that it just that's exists. real right like he makes up for it because he's funny why. exactly like, there <laughs> are so many of those like comedians that are just like fine yeah. <laughs> who's like, who totally get it because it's comedy but, like That's, Colin like, whatever his name is dating Scarlett Johansson like yeah. how dare you <laughs> like Pete <laughs> Davidson dating Ariana Grande how dare you who's the 1960s equivalent of Ariana Grande Eartha Kitt Eartha Kitt I'm gonna go with Eartha Kitt I'm not comfortable making that statement authoritatively <laughs> um yeah, no, it is definitely a thing of, like, the guy in an improv group who is dating, like, three leagues uh, up ahead of him. Yeah, it's just the, it's just the comedy. 
I th- yeah. I was under the impression that was the only reason why you joined an improv group. <laughs> I think so. I I I've, so. I always got the feeling that like improv groups are basically like polycules. Yeah, kind of like incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're like a family. <laughs> what like... a weird one. Where everyone has sex. <laughs> it's like bands when you were like in high school. <laughs> you know, yeah, the entire right? band. That's real. We're all fucking each other, and so and it was all like polyamorous. It was like fun. It was nice and consensual, and Camp. that's exactly what band band kids had like the most sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Theater kids talked about sex a lot, and none of them had it. <laughs> that was that was a fun thing to learn in high school. Was that the band kids were having sex the most? The band right. kids were having more sex than the than the football players or the cheerleaders. I messed up. I was an orchestra. It's a different vibe. Oh, uh, really? They were just playing violin and not touching. Are you shitting me? You were like so close. No, <laughs> you. If you'd gone for out. a few degrees I missed, off, I had asthma, so I couldn't do wind instruments. Oh my god, that is so... I thought you were going to say you had asthma so you couldn't have sex. (laughs) I just couldn't do the cool one. I couldn't do band, you know? There's just a lot of... You need lung capacity for that, and I just did not have it, so I missed out on the fun. I like that you, you showed up, you showed up for orchestra and you're like... So are we all gonna fool around? And just a violinist was like, "No, <laughs> that's not what we do here." <laughs> you need to go to hall two. All right, get out of here. So, Gabe and Cat, <laughs> how good? How how do you do family horror? How do you do like family friendly scary things? <laughs> Are you really still trying to make this premise work? Yes. How do you do family-friendly horror? Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about, you know, how it's good to scare your kids, first of all. Yeah. Like, Trauma, you can genuinely scare constructive. Them. Yeah, because it, it teaches you, one, that, like, there are things to fear and that there's also a resolution, right? Like, that you'll get to the end of it. So you live through that in a safe environment, and then you're not, like babied right so that when real life happens you're not like oh god i am not equipped for this at all right (laughs) so it's okay to scare your kids and that's why we see things like monster house or goosebumps right Mm. now they have like the goosebumps film too um any of those things that we like enjoyed as young And, and the thing is that you can do those effectively with monsters or the way that like with scooby doo right is that we have genuine jump scares and spooky things that are happening and then at the end it's like that wasn't that's not real right it's all fabricated and this is a way for you to kind of come to that conclusion as a young person that like maybe the things i'm afraid of in the dark aren't real and real that there's a real people yeah that there's yeah. an ex- there's you know a reason behind it and that's what you could do with this it's like it's not intended i think for like the children really like no, they're kids would laugh at this but they're not learning anything from this it was very much for the older audience that can also have kids there um but it's not by any means like specifically family it also aired like the the original airtime for the andy griffith show was mondays at 9 30 p.m oh yeah no kids. that's not for kids it was asleep it was after kids bedtimes now later on like they would do reruns at like six or seven 
the the family lesson like if you're a kid watching this it's like no if you're afraid of ghosts don't worry it's just a weird adult doing a crime so <laughs> yeah i mean that's true that's though did you said it at the beginning of the episode most of these like horror like the haunted place like where you're supposed to stay away from the kids it's just where the teens are getting high. Yeah. The, your older yeah. brother told you that so you wouldn't go there while he was trying to get to second base. Yeah. Like, I feel just, like these days it would be like, it would like backfire because like he could be like, well, we're going to have a ghost adventure show. This is how we get on like true TV. So let's go, let's go in there and film the living shit out of it. Yeah. I don't. On TikTok. What, yeah. are, what are like what are kids today god i'm so stupid and old what <laughs> are kids so today even scared of climate change like <laughs> yeah <laughs> kids, kids today have real existential, existential fears this shit doesn't work that's yeah, why when they have, get to like it, high school they're like where are the drugs where are they <laughs> give me them life <laughs> is hard i'm afraid of the young people i'm afraid of euphoria <laughs> like the, the show euphoria is a horror show for me because i'm like wow why are we still bringing humans into this world <laughs> when it's so messed up that they don't want to be here anymore um but i do think they're like it, it evolves with time where they they have a comfortability with like technology but also a natural fear and i think fears are probably revolving around like losing yourself to mm -hmm. the version of yourself that you put into technology so like social mm -hmm. media so it's like kind of like like you know next week i don't know when you guys are airing this <laughs> but one of these weeks in march we have an episode about perfect blue the anim anime film um about an idol star and like her losing herself and we we're like this is more relevant than it has ever been because we are all mima right now like so for any of like the gen zers like their entire existence is online. And so there's a lot yeah. of films that crop up where it's like, you know, you get hacked and your stuff gets out there. Mm -hmm. So it's the horror of like people seeing your private stuff and that you're not real mm -hmm. or like horror movies like cam where like your, your, you know, only fans account is hacked and you lose your, all your fans that were only mm -hmm. there for you. Yeah, it's um, like something you're I, taking back to yourself, and then that's taken from you, and it's like, oh, then now it's like exploitative instead of uh, oh. powerful. Yeah, I I feel like Gen Zers, uh, I feel so fucking old. Um, <laughs> like sort of take like traditional horror movie premises and then like chew them up and process them. It's like here's Slender Man. You guys are afraid of Slender Man, and they're like, all right. We want to. We're gonna fuck that. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, Slender Man is a sexual icon now. Like they did the same thing with Babadook. We were like, "Here's a Babadook. We're horny he's for a, Babadook." He's a queer we icon. <laughs> yeah. Dan, 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 Dan. Oh, sweet summer child, my friend. Yeah. Right. I was there at the birth of Slender Man. I witnessed it happen in real time on the Something Awful forums. Mm -hmm. I was I was a part of it. I was there. And let me tell you something. That thing came out of the womb ready for people to fuck it. <laughs> people that... wanted to fuck that thing from incubation. <laughs> That's such an upsetting phrasing. <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've read my fair share of Slenderman fan fiction. I've had I mean, Cthulhu fan fiction written for me. <laughs> like, I'm there. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah, Cthulhu it. fan fiction I knew about. <laughs> I feel like we've always been hor horny for monsters, right? Yeah. I feel like, oh yeah, I I don't think that's new to this generation. Yeah. I feel like 
right? Dra- Dracula is one of the horniest books ever That's written. That's true. Always horny for monsters. That's why Guillermo made Shape of Water. He was like, you were all horny for the creature from the Black Lagoon, and I'm showing you, you can't even argue. Can you argue that this is not sexy? That this fish is not sexy? And that you were not also asking... How did they do it? And how do I learn more? <laughs> do I find Del- my own fishman? Del Toro was like, I'm just going to cut out the middleman. I'm going to jump <laughs> straight to the horny. <laughs> we don't even have to do middle, middle, middle. Like, <laughs> like, what are you guys beating around the bush for? We all want to beat up on this fishman. <laughs> you also get the reverse of that, which is like David Cronenberg, which is just like, sex is scary. <laughs> your body is just stress. <laughs> Your body is a wonderland of fear. <laughs> you exist in this shell of just disgusting, grotesque meat, and I'm going to show you it. <laughs> oh God! So ratings for this episode. <laughs> All right, Gabe, Gabe and Cat. Uh, we we do every episode uh, on a. You've listened to this show before, but for people who haven't, every episode is ranked on uh, what we call the the Andy meter, which is a one to ten scale of how good is this episode, like how much did we enjoy it as an episode of television, and the Barney meter, which is like how gross and how much lasting damage to the American psyche did this episode do. So, uh, okay. I'm gonna I'll, I'll toss it to the two of you first, but I'm gonna say from for my rankings like i liked this episode i think it's fine i'm gonna give it a six i chuckled i laughed uh and as far as like gross damaging stuff one like it's just it's 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 the same like barney authority bullshit that we've seen in every episode but it it, it's eh, it's silly it's it's dumb it's antics game and cat yeah, we uh, it's funny we we rate too, but our ratings always change because we make them up for mm-hmm. what is good, what is bad, based on the media. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to hear what other people do for ratings. <laughs> like, oh, this is so much simpler because it's always the same, and we don't have to spend like twenty minutes being like, what do we think we want to use as a funny word here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would agree that it, it like I got some some laughs out of it. Like I like I said, I enjoyed those Scrooge moments where they were like walking in. <laughs> it's gonna see it like bending down following him and i was like damn that, that how's a <laughs> gomer <laughs> uh and again i loved the the um reveal of it being the moonshiners and they're still so i would say yeah six or seven of just being like fine uh and i would actually say for the barney scale that it's i would even say a negative one because of that ending where he's mm. like here are the big manly mm. men and then so show them like because that was like the joke was like this is what has brought you them is these you know just absolute buffoons playing you know otherwise girly kid games <laughs> like this, <laughs> this is the men that you were looking for these are your men look at them uh so yeah i would say it does the opposite to show him in such like a like a feminist way <laughs> just doing it and then it was like it wasn't seen as a negative like it was a joke but it wasn't so much a joke that it was like you're disgusting because you did that it was like eh, yeah this happens yeah i agree it was just a fun time yeah i'm not like mad think, about <laughs> i think like i have like some qualms about like uh conscripting a citizen to do police work but that's fair gives it, yeah i mean that's but, the premise of most of the episodes this season so yeah like, we, we just got to get over it 
Yeah, that's basic. I mean, we go through, like, long periods where, like, we slowly get desensitized to the bullshit of the show. And then we're like, oh, well, we got too desensitized. We just gave, like, a wand to something pretty fucked up. So we're, like, nearing, like, the the, the low end of that uh, that trend. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think I agree with that. Like, super low uh, Barney meter. It's, it's like, I put it, like, a five or, or something in terms of Andy meter. It's eh, probably like a seven. It's fine. It's good. Gabe, yeah. next time huh. your uh next time your your mom's partner is watching Andy Griffith, are you gonna sit down and watch Andy Griffith show with him like willingly or are you gonna try to sneak out of the room? I usually watch because I feel like well, that's like the, one of the only things <laughs> we can really bond or do together. <laughs> Cause like she lives in the South and he's like a hunter just like old country man and i'm a vegan from philadelphia <laughs> you know like it's like there's not a lot that we can just like chill and talk about so this is like me just being like okay yeah i would prefer cheyenne i would prefer to watch cheyenne <laughs> have you told have you told him that you're on an andy griffith podcast have you told I him that? i haven't i oh. haven't only because, like, he, you can't text him. He's got one of those. He's got, like, one little phone. <laughs> you gotta got to call. It's like, you know, like, the those situation. really heavy-duty ones that could sustain, like, a nuclear blast, those cell phones. Oh, like a I'm fucking always... Nokia? Does yeah, he play like Snake a... on it? I think he can. Like, I see him on there, and he's got his little glasses. Like, but you can't contact him. I'd have to go through my mom. But I was planning to let her know so that he, she can bring it up and then be like, listen, Gabe's on the radio. And he's like... <laughs> She's in there? What? <laughs> How does that work? She does make him listen to my show. And he's like, I don't know what any of those words are. <laughs> I don't know what she... they're saying. Why are they saying this? <laughs> did you shrink Did you shrink Gabe down? Gabe, we'll get you out of there. <laughs> don't worry, Gabe. Speak to us, Gabe. <laughs> I think don't tell him about this show, though, because we talk massive amounts of shit. And... <laughs> Either he's going to be like, oh, they ruined the Andy Griffith show, or he's going to be like, I'm going to fucking kill those guys. Like, <laughs> no. Gabe, 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 do tell him about the Andy, this podcast. And uh, Gabe's stepdad and anyone else uh, who is irritated, Dan's email address is Dan Ludwig. <laughs> <laughs> Send any hate mail to this location. I feel like he would be like, yes, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is what happens in the show. Kat, are you ever going to watch another episode of The Andy Griffith Show? Only if we're on the show again. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. I will watch it if you tell me to, but otherwise, no. Gabe and Kat, where can people find you on the internet and find your things? Yes, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts at Ghouls Next Door. We are on YouTube as Ghouls Next Door. We record visuals for all of our podcasts and also cut them up. So if you just want Cat's facts about what's happening and what inspired the films, you can just watch those. If you want to learn about films and dive into whether or not they worked, you can look at my videos. We also have our short films on YouTube. And then we have our lovely website, theghoulsnextdoor.com, which also has our blog. So if you just feel like reading um articles about what we did again we have sources <laughs> we cite our sources we also have next steps and actionable like items so that if you want to help make a change in the world based on what we talked about you can contribute there um and i do also have like my articles about sundance too so you can read about them on our website at theghoulsnextdoor.com and definitely make sure you like let us know what you think you can email us at the 
foolsnextdoor at gmail.com and say like, what were you doing on that show? <laughs> can you can you cover this? Uh, whatever you want. Uh, we're here and we love we love hearing from people. Marty, can we just not say our stuff at the end? Yeah, because it's gonna be really fucking embarrassing. Yeah. We have an we have an Instagram we're not using. Like I don't can, I don't even know I don't even uh, wanna say our Twitter handles after that. I was like, I was a professional film critic for six years and I didn't get a Sundance like invite at any point. Oh. Like <laughs> I don't even know what to fucking say here. Uh listen to Gabe and Cat. Don't if you if you want to know how to get to us, fucking go listen to one of our other episodes and just fast forward to the end. You all know the deal. Uh, Gabe, Kat, can you mute your audio just like real fast? Marty, what the fuck are we doing? What the I don't fuck know. are we doing? We need to get our fucking what? shit together. We are. Look, this was a dumb idea. In the we've been place. doing this for like two years. We don't have any of that. Fuck, dude. We could have been doing this the entire. Hey, okay, you guys hey, can, okay you, so you, you guys can come back in. Uh, <laughs> Thanks That's for having good. us, guys. It was so fun. <laughs> Thank fun you for being high. on uh, and for absolutely showing us up on every uh, opportunity. <laughs> Listen to Ghouls Next Door. They're fantastic. You know, you all know where you can find us. I'm not doing the spiel anymore. Uh, please provide us ratings and reviews if you want. And otherwise, we'll see you all down at the fishing hole. A Bum 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 b